Well, we are today continuing the laws of Shechita, the laws of kosher slaughter, a second chapter. We'll begin with Halakha Aleph. Uh, today, uh, these laws will be dealing will be dealing with um, the proper place uh, for the, uh, to do the Shechita, um, how uh, or how the proper manner and, and the proper place and the proper manner of doing the Shechita, uh, both with what intent and the actual shahita itself, how it should be done, um, as well as the type of knife that uh, needs to be used. Al-Khalif, Bechol Makom Mutarish Hot, Hutsmin Hazara, Shen Shahatin Bazara, Ella, Kotchem is Bayah Bilvad. In all places, it is permitted to do shahita, with the exception of the Azara, with the exception of the uh, area in the Beth Mikdash. Uh, the public area in the Beit Mikdash, um, because we do not, uh, because the only thing that we are allowed to uh, to slaughter in the Azara is Qodashim Mizbeach Bilvad, Qodashim, which are uh, these, which are the, the opposite of Hulin. Hulin uh, is uh, unsanctified uh, animals, or 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 anything, or anything, not only animals, but unsanctified things which are to be used for mundane purposes as opposed to qadashim which are things that are uh, sanctified and to be used specifically for the purposes of sacrifices or korbanot in the miqdash so uh, the only thing we are permitted to slaughter in the azara are things that are going to be sanctified for the purposes of, of the altar in the in the in the temple alone but Hulin, these unsanctified things, or here animals, it is prohibited to slaughter them in the Azara, whether whether they are a behema, a haya, or an of, whether it is a domesticated animal, an undomesticated animal, or a bird. And so too it says in the Pasuk in Devarim regarding uh, meat that is for, uh, uh, that is a product of desire, right? That this is uh, meat that uh, is not done because you are commanded, because you have to bring a Qurban and then you eat the meat that you. Uh, that you sacrificed, but rather you just had this urge or desire to eat meat, so you uh, so you uh, wanted to slaughter meat on your own. Uh, so the pasuk says that when you distance yourself from uh, the place which God will choose, right? This part of the pasuk is what shows that you need to be outside of the mikdash because you are distanced from the place that God will choose, meaning the mikdash. Um, as opposed to a korban, a sacrifice which has the root of karov, of coming close, the opposite of kirahak, right? A korban, you come to the mikdash, and this besar ta'avah, hulin, this uh, the, the unsanctified meat, you distance yourself from the mikdash. And this is vizavahtam and you shall slaughter the uh, meat, the uh, your cattle and your flock as I have commanded you and you shall eat it in your 
gates, right? Meaning in all places. But a person who slaughters chulin or um, unsanctified meat in the azara in the in the mikdash in the temple, uh, that same meat is pure, meaning because the uh, the uh, the slaughter was done properly, and the animal itself is a is a pure animal. So then, the slaughtered meat is also pure, and it is prohibited to benefit from uh, that from that meat. Meaning, it's prohibited to benefit from meat that pure meat that has been slaughtered properly in the mikdash, just like it is prohibited to benefit from meat and dairy that were cooked together, as we saw in Hilchot Ma'achadot Asurot. And like all other cases of things that are prohibited and benefit. And uh, we must bury uh, that meat. And, and if, if we burn it, then its ashes are prohibited for use as well. Uh, and other cases of benefit that are also prohibited is even if we uh, did the uh, slaughter for medicinal purposes, if the meat was for a medicinal reason, or if we uh, did the slaughter in order to feed non-Jews, right? So, uh, or if we did it in order to feed dogs, right? All of these are cases where um, it is, uh, or these are, uh, where if we're just, if the prohibition were just eating, then it would be permitted, but for uh, a benefit, uh, these are considered cases of benefit uh, that are prohibited. But a person who uh, stabs uh, a uh, stabs the animal in the azar, in the azar, in the, in the temple, right? Meaning instead of doing the proper shahita. Uh, a slicing, he just stabs him with a knife in the chest or something like this. And someone who's, who is me'aker, which we will see later on, is one of the ways that makes the uh, slaughter one of the an improper way to do the slaughter, where the uh, either the trachea or the esophagus, the canal de vishit, are uprooted. We will talk about that more later. Or a non Jew who slaughters, or a Jew who slaughters, but the animal itself ended up being. A terifad ended up having some illness and makes it uh, makes it uh, prohibited for eating. Or if a person slaughtered a domesticated animal or a wild or an undomesticated animal or a bird that were impure to begin with in the temple, right? Such as a pig or an ostrich or any of these other uh, impure animals, then all of these are permitted in benefit. Uh, since all of these cases, the uh, meat that would be considered tameh and prohibited to eating, so therefore the that same slaughter would not uh, be uh, effective, uh, even though it was in the azara, and therefore it would not be prohibited in benefit. Ilakula Hulin, a Sulak Nisana Azara, 
אפילו בשר שחוטה או פירות מופת וכיוסה בהן. אם עבר ויכניסן, מותרים באכילה כשהיו. And it is not only domesticated animals and wild animals that are prohibited alone, um, right, or, or birds, but rather all hulin, right, all unsanctified things, right, is prohibited to, to bring them into the mikdash, into the azara, uh, into the temple. Uh, even if it is meat that has already been slaughtered, uh, or if they are fruit or bread, right? Regular fruit and regular bread that are hulin. These two, it is prohibited to bring them in. And if you uh, violated this and brought them in, uh, then they are still permitted to be eaten as they were. And all of these prohibitions, right, the fact that all of these things are prohibited uh, to uh, be brought into the Mikdash and that all of these things are prohibited for benefit, right, all of this is known through the oral tradition, through Kabbalah. Anyone who slaughters uh, unsanctified animals in the Azara, in the Mikdash, or he eats uh, even in olives uh, volume, uh, an olive's worth of meat that is unsanctified, that was slaughtered in the Azara, uh, we give this person we give this person lashes of rebellion uh, as these are rabbinically prohibited. Right? And here, even though these are all divrei kabbana, we see that these are these divrei kabbalah are rabbinic and do not go back to Sinai. Rather, they go back uh, for a very long time, and but are of of, of rabbinic origin and not biblical origin. Al Khadalit. Haomer behemazo shelamim valda chulin. If someone says, right, so he has an, a, an animal that is pregnant, um, and he says that this behema is going to, this animal is going to be shelamim, is going to be uh, this type of korban, shelamim uh, korban, right, so he, he designates it as a shelamim, but he says, but it's, uh, but it's, uh, it's offspring is going to be unsanctified, is going to be hulin. And then he slaughtered the behemah, he slaughtered the animal in the azara, right, as he's supposed to do, right, because he's supposed to slaughter shiramim in the mikdash. Then its offspring is permitted to be eaten, right, even though uh, its offspring is hulin and it was a part of the uh, of the behema as part of the animal since it was still pregnant um, and it was also seemingly uh, slaughtered in the azara and it is hulin. Nevertheless, uh, the law that we saw previously does not extend to this case since it is not uh, since it was not possible for him to slaughter it outside of the mikdash and uh, distance from the place, right? As the, as the animal was pregnant and he had to slaughter the 
shlemim, the animal that was going to be shlemim, he had to slaughter that in the azara. It is we do not uh, slaughter in uh, into the seas or rivers, lest people uh, people say that this per, that this person is a uh, worshiper of the water, uh, and it uh, end up being that it, that he is like someone who is uh, sacrificing to the water. And he should not slaughter uh, into a utensil that is filled with water, lest they say that he is uh, that that he slaughtered it for the per, for the form that is seen inside the water. And we do not uh, slaughter, and he should not slaughter not neither into uh, any sort of utensil nor into a pit, because these are also the ways of but if he did so, then uh, the shahita is uh, valid, right? The, the slaughter is valid. Right? We are permitted to slaughter into a uh, into a utensil that is filled with water that is not clear. That is all. Uh, Right, that's that is kind of disgusting and not not clear because then no shape or form can be seen in that water. And so too, it is permitted. Uh, it is permitted to slaughter outside of a pit, and then the blood uh, go drips down into the pit. Uh, and but in the market, right, or in, in public, you should not do so, lest he uh, imitate the minim, right, minim, the uh, uh, heretics who, um, who are heretical regarding the nature of God, right? They uh, think that there are multiple gods or uh, things like this, uh, right? And if he did slaughter into a pit in the shuk, um, then it is prohibited to eat from his slaughtered from from what he slaughtered until uh, you check after him, lest he is a mean, lest he is this type of heretic. And so we want to check uh, because if he did actually do the shahita, the slaughter for the purposes of worshipping uh, some Abu Nazara, some idol worshipping, then the meat would be prohibited. So we assume that it is prohibited until we check after him. And is permitted to slaughter uh, on alongside the, 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 the wall or the side of some boat. And then the uh, and then the blood drips uh, drips along the wall and into the water, right? Along the outer wall of the boat and drips into the water. This is permitted. And so, too, it's permitted to uh, slaughter along the side of utensils, right? Because these are not things that idol worshippers do. Okay, so now we will be dealing with how 
you properly do the shahita. Kesar shohatin, how do we do the shahita? Mothea has sabar, umuli has sakin, umvi ah ad shishohet. Benji hayatha bhima rebusa, benji hayatha omedet. Where a husband or pah, where sakin be a domile matta with shahat, perezo kesera. So, how do we do the slaughter? We uh, stretch the neck of the animal and we uh, we take the knife and go and slice across and back, right? Uh, to and fro, right? Uh, one in one direction and then back in the other direction in a slicing motion until it slaughters him. Uh, regardless of whether the animal was lying down uh, on the ground or whether it was standing up and he grabbed the the uh, the back of the neck and put the knife under uh, under his, like under him right if the animal is standing and he took the knife held the back of the neck and put the knife under his neck uh, and held it in his hand and then slaughtered right and cut upwards right so he was if he cut upwards this is also valid. Now, as it has a kimba cotel, we have a sawar aleha achinish hat, shahita so kishera, who she yes of bar behema limata, was a kin lemala, shim haya so bar behema limana minus a kin neosa, kimba tereda behema behove gufa, beloha hawa, wenzo shahita kimoshi fire. If he uh, he stuck a the knife in the wall, right? He found some of hole in the wall and kind of uh, pushed it into the wall and then he took the neck of the animal and uh and crossed it over it over the knife until it got uh, until the animal was slaughtered so this shahita is this slaughter is valid uh but this is so long as the neck of the animal was under the knife right so if uh the, so the the knife is stuck in the wall and then you put the neck of the animal under the knife and then you push the uh you push the animal's neck upwards in a back and forth motion so that it, it so that its neck was sliced through uh with the knife uh and the knife was on top of the animal this uh, uh, uh right this is prim this is valid because then uh because if the at neck of the animal was on top in the uh, on top of the knife and the knife was under uh right and the knife that was stabbed into the wall was under the animal then we uh suspect lest uh the animal fell down uh, onto the knife as a product of its own weight and it got cut not in the slicing motion of back and forth which is not considered shahita as will be explained, right? Meaning, uh, as we'll see later, one of the uh, things that invalidates the shahita is called derasa. It's called uh, is uh, is if you uh, do not do it in a slicing motion, but rather you just push the knife through the right. You chop it. You chop. You chop uh, the animal's neck with the knife, right? So this is not done via slicing, but rather via uh, brute force. Right, so if the animal's neck was on top of the knife, then we're also uh, suspicious lest the animal just fell onto the knife and was cut by brute force and not by this slicing motion. Right, 
Therefore, if it were, if we're talking about a bird, right, then uh, it doesn't matter whether the neck was on top of the knife or uh, that was stabbed into the wall or under the knife. Either way, the slaughter is valid since a bird is very light, right? Think of a chicken. The chicken is, is does not weigh very much, so uh, and you're holding it, right? So, so here there's no suspicion that it fell because of gravity on, right? That the for that the weight of the that the weight of the bird is what killed it, but rather it was your your moving the bird that killed it. Anachatet. If the person uh, slaughtered uh, an animal and he went with the knife in one direction, but he did not come back in the other direction, right? As I said, uh, as he has this knife, he goes through, goes to and then fro, right? He goes in and then out, right? So if he here he only goes in right and then he does not come back and he does not pull the knife back towards him in the other direction right? he only pushed it away from him or the other way around or if he started on the far end and put and brought the knife towards him but he never pushed it back right he never uh, went back in the other direction and then he slaughtered that way just with one fell swoop uh, but still in a slicing motion so this is a valid slaughter. If he went in and out until he cut the entirety of the head and cut it off, this is also a valid slaughter. Uh, right? As uh, as we saw, the uh, the slaughter only in chapter one and Perkhalif, the slaughter only needs to cut the Ananda Veshet, the trachea and the esophagus. Uh, but here he went even farther and cut off the whole head. This is still valid. <coughs> if he only went in and he did not come and he did not bring it back out, right? He did not bring, uh, if he only went out and he did not bring it back in towards him, or if he brought it in towards him, but he did not push it back out away from him and he cut, so he only went in one direction and cut the, the uh, cut off the head entirely in only the going away direction or only in the, in the coming in direction. So then uh, we check if the knife is, if the knife's length is, uh, Equal to two uh, next uh, to the uh, to to the length of the neck times two, right? So we look at the length of the neck of the animal that was slaughtered. If the length of the knife is two times that, then the uh, then the slaughter is valid. And if not, then the slaughter is invalid, right? Since uh, by the law by law, right? So if the Right, so if normally I'll say an, a cow, a cow's neck is about forty inches, right? So, uh, so normally uh, we do a holacha and a havaa. We do one in motion and one out motion, right? So if one in out motion and one out motion, and you cut off the whole head, uh, that's valid, 
right? So then you're doing two full motions of the entirety of the knife, right? Of the entirety of uh, entirety of the knife, right? So if the if the um, if the knife is 40 inches and the neck is 40 inches, right? So it takes one full uh, slice to go all 40 inches, and then one and then another 40 inches back in the other direction uh, to cut the whole neck, right? Meaning, so to go in, inside the neck, uh, one inch, you go across the neck uh, uh, two inches, right? So it's a double the amount of the length that you go uh, across as the length that you go inwards, right? So if, so you end up going in, you end up slaughtering into the neck only 20 inches and you went across the whole neck 40 inches. So then you go back another 20 inches, uh, you go back, you go in another 20 inches, that takes another 40 inches across, ends up that if you have a knife that's 40 inches, you can do one in and out motion and cut 40 inches. But now if you're only going one direction, so in order to cover all 40 inches inwards, you need to have a knife that is 80 inches long in order to be able to go across 40 inches uh, in order to be go to go in 40 inches, you need to be able to go across 80 inches. If a, per, if a person had two uh, animals that were lying one next to the other, and you placed both necks uh, one next to the other, and you took a very long knife that is able to be along be on both necks at the same time and you slice uh, back and forth uh, and you cut both uh, necks simultaneously with one knife uh, and one swoop this is a valid slaughter right you're allowed to kill both uh, slaughter both animals simultaneously if you had two people holding on onto one knife, right? Imagine here, like uh, one of those uh, lung, uh, lung, uh, lumberjack uh, saws that uh, they use to like cut uh, uh, cut trees and things like this, right? And you have two people, one on each side, and there, uh, one person pushes and the other person and pulls, and then and they go back and forth like that, right? So you have this this long knife with two people on either side. Um, and they slaughtered the animal like that, their slaughter is permitted, right? You're allowed to have two people uh, holding the one knife, the one knife, one blade, and slaughter like that. And so too, if two people are holding onto two separate knives, right, and one person, uh, and they and they slaughtered simultaneously in two different places in the neck, their their slaughter is valid, right? So you have two people with two knives, one person on top, one person on the bottom, right, or two different places on the neck, and they both go through at the same time. This is valid, even if one person only cut the esophagus or a majority of it and the other person only cut the uh cut in a different place and he only cut 
the uh, trachea or a majority of it, this uh, slaughter is valid. And even though the, the even though that the slaughter uh, in its entirety was not in uh, one place, right? So even if there's a few inches separating where they did the slaughter, so long as a majority or all or a majority of both the trachea and the esophagus were cut, this is valid. And so too, a slaughter that is done uh, like a kulmus, like a uh, an, uh, ink pen, right? Which has, uh, which is diagonal at its edge, right? So here we're talking about a diagonal uh, slaughter. So as opposed to putting the knife on the neck and and going direct, uh, going straight in in a slicing motion, right? But he's going straight down. So here he goes in a diagonal motion. Uh, and he holds the, the knife diagonally and he slices, but diagonally. Uh, this is valid. And so too, shrita suyakim asrek. And so too, a, uh, a, a uh, slaughter that is done in a zigzag uh, formation. Right? So he goes in uh, diagonally a little bit, stops and diagonals the other way, and then stops and diagonals the other way, and so, so, so on and so forth. This is also valid. The slaughter of unsanctified animals does not require any sort of intention. Rather, even if he only slaughtered uh, for practice, or if he did it as a as a joke, or if he just threw the knife uh, at a wall in order to uh, make it stick in the wall, and as it was flying towards the wall, it slaughtered an animal in its going forwards motion, right? In one, in its two, uh, in its one motion, uh, which would require very precise aim, but. Uh, theoretically possible. Oh, uh, since the shahita, since the slaughter was done properly in its proper place and proper uh, amount, right, that it did both the pane and the vishit, the trachea and esophagus, then this is valid. Therefore, a, a deaf mute or a person who has lost his sanity or a child or a drunk, uh, a drunk person who's, uh, who is uh, not uh, temporarily not, uh, not with it, right? His, his mind is not, uh, uh, is not with it. Or someone who a, like, like a bad spirit has taken over him, right? Which is referring to... Uh, some person with maybe some sort of psychological illness uh, that either temporarily or permanently uh, makes him not uh, not not also not with it. Um, if any of these people slaughtered, and there was someone else who watched over them to see that their slaughter was done properly, then uh, then this slaughter is valid. 
right? Since we do not require any sort of intent by the slaughterer, so all these people who are considered to not be uh, to to not be uh, mentally capable, right? So they can they cannot have proper intent. It doesn't matter because we we don't care about the intent of the slaughterer. Nevertheless, we cannot trust them that their slaughter is done properly. So we do require that someone else stand watch over them and see that their that the actual slaughter was done properly. And if someone else saw that, then we can trust him to say that they slaughtered properly, and then it would be valid. But if the knife fell and slaughtered, right, um, it just fell from his hand, then even though he slaughtered in its proper manner, right? So the knife fell, and as it was falling, uh, it cut, it sliced through the neck of an animal, right? Even though the, the slaughter was done properly, this is invalid. Since the Pasuk says, and you shall slaughter. So we learn from this that only, uh, so it's only uh, valid when the slaughterer is a human, right? So we need a person to do the actual slaughtering, uh, slaughtering, and this uh, no human, no person was involved since the knife fell by gravity of its own accord and not by the force of a human. And uh, right, so we require that the uh, that the slaughter be a human, even though he doesn't have the intent to slaughter. Right, so we don't require the intent to slaughter. If we had a, a wheel of, of uh, stone or wood that we had a knife that was fixed inside this wheel, and then a person came and turned the wheel, uh, kind of like a, like a mill, right? Uh, and put the, the a neck of a bird or an animal uh, opposite the the knife until uh, the animal got slaughtered as he uh, turned the wheel. This is valid. Um, but if the water is uh, what, right, if we're in like a water mill where water comes out and pushes this wheel and the water is what causes the wheel to turn, right? And as this wheel turns, uh, he placed a, a neck of uh, an animal uh, so that the knife that is stuck in this wheel is going to slaughter the animal, uh, right? So, uh, so, and then it got slaughtered then this is considered invalid uh, since it was done through the force of the water. But if a human like, uh, opened some, right, allowed the water to come in, right, he, he opened some valve or something like this, or he 
lifted uh, some something that was sealing the water, and then the water came out and and came and turned the wheel, and then it slaughtered the animal. It slaughtered the animal as the wheel started to turn. Then this is considered valid since uh, the water came out as a product of the force of a human. What are we talking about? What case are we talking about? Uh, this is referring to this last case that we saw where a human allows the water to come out and turn the wheel. So this is only in the first turning of the wheel, in the first cycle of the wheel, that is the product of the force of a human. But from the second turning of the wheel and onwards, it is not a product of the force of the human, rather from the force of the water as it comes and pushes the and pushes the wheel. A person who slaughters in the name of the mountains, or in the name of these hills, in the name of seas, in the name of rivers, or in the name of deserts, even though he did not intend to worship any of these things, rather he was only doing it for medicinal purposes, right, for healing, uh, and such other uh, nonsensical beliefs that the non-Jews think, that they think that uh, that these things have some sort of healing powers, that through them uh, this shahita can heal a sick individual. This uh, shahita is pesula, right? The the slaughter is made invalid. אבל אם שחט לשם מזל הים או מזל ההר או לכוכבים או למזלות וכיוסה בהן, הרי זו אסורה בהניה ככל תקרוב את עבודה זרה. But if he slaughtered for, uh, in the name of the constellation of the of the of the sea, or the constellation of the of the of the mountains, or to the the stars, or to the constellations, and so to and so forth and so forth, then this is prohibited in benefit, like anything that is brought for the for idol worship, right? So this is so this if it's for the constellations of these things, which uh, these people think actually have uh, this power and uh, and that you were and that they worship them, then this is considered a form of idol worship, and that would be prohibited in benefit. Uh, whereas the previous case would be permitted in benefit, but it, and it only just invalidates the slaughter, but it doesn't make it prohibited in uh, benefit. <laughs> A person who slaughters a domesticated animal in order to throw its blood to uh, idol, worship, idol worship or in order to uh, burn the, its fats for the purposes of idol worship, this is prohibited. Uh, right, its meat is prohibited, right? The chef, this slaughtered animals prohibited. 
שמחשבה כזו פוסלת בהן, כמו שהתפאר בלכות פסולי המוחדשים, because we learn uh, uh, that thought has uh, legal uh, ramifications, uh, even outside of the temple, regarding unsanctified uh, animals, right? We learn that from the fact that uh, from the fact that Kodashim, that sanctified uh, animals inside the Mekdash, right, that we do for Korobanot, in those cases, thought uh, has legal efficacy. And since it has legal efficacy there, we learn, uh, we infer that here too, these types of thoughts also have legal ramifications. Uh, since there, that type of thought uh, invalidates the korban, uh, the, uh, uh, as we will see, uh, as will be explained in the laws of Pesulem Kutashin, the laws of uh, things that make these uh, uh, these uh, sanctified things invalid. Shehatah waharkach hishev lizrok damah la abodazara, o laktir helbah la abodazara, arizo asura misafek. If he slaughtered it and afterwards he thought to throw its blood to idol worship, right? So he didn't have, I think he didn't have that intention in the beginning, right? Or afterwards he thought to burn its fats for idol worship. So then this, uh, this slaughtered animal is prohibited uh, from the case of doubt. Because last, uh, what he ends up doing at the end, right, the fact that in the end he did do it for idol worship, maybe that would prove that he actually had that intention from the beginning uh, when he slaughtered it. Um, right? Since we can't read minds, we don't know what he thought originally. And maybe uh, he, he, fool, he was fooling us and what he ended up doing at the end shows that he actually had this intention all along. A person who slaughters in the name of, all right, in order to make uh, these Qadashim, uh, to make them sanctified, uh, but uh, of, of the type of korbanot, the type of sacrifices that one may bring through a uh, netava, through a voluntary uh, offering, or through a vow, uh, then these things, these this slaughtered animal is considered invalid, because this is like someone who slaughters uh, sanctified meat, not sanctified animals, outside of the mikdash, outside of the temple, right? Um, if, however, he slaughtered uh, in order to designate uh, these, this animal as uh, one of the sanctified animals, one of the Qadashim, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the types of korbanot, one of the types of sacrifices that are, that do, that are not, able to be uh, not able to be brought as a product of a voluntary offering or, oh, sorry, of a, of a vow or of a voluntary uh, offering, then 
this uh, then that uh, sla uh, slaughtered animal is then that slaughter is valid. Uh, and since in the first case, since they can be brought, so then by designating them as uh, this kodesh as this sanctified uh, thing, uh, sanctified sacrifice, that has legal weight since it's possible, and therefore would make this animal invalid. But in the, in, the, in the latter case, since that is impossible and it doesn't, and that and that designation does not carry any weight, then the shahita remains valid. How so? Right. So now Rabbein will explain uh, how uh, what cases this this happens in. Kisad ashohet l'shem ola l'shem shelamim l'shem toda l'shem pesach. So someone who slaughters uh, and designates it as an ola or as a shelamim or as a thanks offering as a tuda or as a pesach as a, as a korban pesach and this these uh, slaughterings are all invalid since they can all be brought at any time at any time you are able to offer an Ola, a Shalamim, a Todah, or a Pesach, as we will see in later uh, sections of this book, um, right? Even the Pesach, right, which is uh, supposed to be brought on Pesach, right, but can actually be brought at any time of the year, uh, right? Since uh, the Pesach may be, uh, may, be may be separated and brought at any, and designated at any time of the year whenever he wants, it is like anything else that can be offered voluntarily, that can be vowed for or offered involuntarily. If he sacrificed uh, and, uh, and designated uh, this animal as a hatat, as a sin offering, or as asham v'day, or an asham talui, right? One of these cases of asham, right? Or also matter of guilt, both of which this hatat and asham are only brought as the product of a sin uh, that a person does, or l'shem bechor, right? If he has a firstborn animal, right? So again, it's only the firstborn animal and not any animal. Or the shem ma'aser, right? The one tenth of a person's uh, animals that are born in any given year need to be brought uh, as a korban ma'aser in the mikdash. Uh, or the shem temura, or he designated as uh, as uh, taking the place of some other uh, korban. Then, right? All of these cases are cases. Uh, in which they can only be done at specific instances. Right? They can't be done at any point in time. And therefore, you can't bring it as a vow or as a voluntary offering. Right? There are only specific instances when this happens. So in these cases, the shahita would be valid. Uh, uh, would be valid. Right? But if he, uh, he needed to bring a hatat, right? So he did some... Uh, some transgression for which he was obligated to bring a sin offering. And then he slaughtered it and said, this is 
for my sin offering. So then his uh, his slaughter is invalid, right? Even though normally it would be valid here, since that case actually was currently relevant, it makes the slaughter invalid. Right? And so too in the case of Temura, right, which is a case of of uh, switching a a one korban with another korban, which is prohibited according to Torah, right? But it's still, uh, but if someone does it, it's still it still carries weight, right? So I have a one animal, uh, one uh, cow in in uh, that is designated already as a korban, and one other cow that I think this cow is not as good or is better than the cow that I have, that I already designated, and I want to switch them, right? Um, then uh, uh, then uh, this, and then he, so he so he says, so he slaughters and says, this is uh, uh, as a replacement for my zebah, for my, uh, for my korban that I have in my home. Uh, this slaughter is invalid since he, uh, he switched them. A woman who slaughtered uh, and designated this as an ola, uh, as an olat yoledet, right? A woman who gives birth uh, or who has a miscarriage is obligated to bring an olat yoledet, right? The school ban is for a woman who gave birth. So, and she says, uh, this is for, as my ola. So her shahita uh, remains valid. Since uh, an olat yoledet uh, uh, cannot come uh, as a product of a vow or a, uh, or a, uh, or an offer or like a involuntary or a voluntary offering, right? It only has a specific case when she gives birth or is a miscarriage, um, and uh, and and she is not she's not someone who gave birth, and so she's not obligated in this olah. And we don't suspect that maybe she had a miscarriage, since uh, any so, since all women who have who had a miscarriage, like people know about this, right? Uh, it has uh, its void, like people hear about it. Uh, so if no one heard about it, then we assume that she didn't have miscarriage. But a person who slaughters uh, and designates it as an olat nazir, as this olat that the Nazarite is supposed to bring, then even though he is not a nazir, is Slaughter is still invalid since the root of the of the nazirut of being a nazir is uh, just one uh, specific case of all of of one of all the types of of uh, vows, right? And since it is a type of vow, and it is considered something that can be brought as a vow, therefore uh, we say that it invalidates, even though he's not a nazir. Right, so 
והשני לא הייתה לו כוונה בכלל, כוונה כלל, הוא אפילו מתכוון לשם דבר מותר להתכוון לו, הרי זו פסולה, so if two people, right, so we saw earlier that two people were holding one, one like lumberjack knife, right, one knife and slaughter, that that's, that that's permitted, right, so if two people hold this knife and slaughter, and one person had the intention uh, of any of these intents that makes, that makes the slaughter invalid, and the other person did not have any sort of intention at all, or even if he had uh, in a proper intention of something that is permitted, then this, uh, this uh, slaughter is considered invalid, right? We go, even because we had one of them who had, an in, who had a prohibited intent, so it makes the whole slaughter invalid. And so too, if they slaughtered one after the other, right, so one started and stopped and the other continued, and they didn't do it at the same time, rather one after the other, and one of them, whether it's the first one or the second one, one of them had the intention for something that makes it invalid, so then that slaughter is invalid. That invalidates the slaughter. So, what case are we talking about? We're only talking about a case uh, with regarding to when we have these two two people doing something. Uh, this, uh, we're only talking about a case where the person, the one person who had the improv, the the invalidating intention that that person had uh, joint ownership in the animal. But if he did not have any sort of joint ownership, rather the animal was entirely the other person's, then it is not prohibited. Since a person, uh, a, a Jewish person may not make uh, something prohibited that is not his, uh, since his intention is, is only to uh, cause grievance to the other person. Right? So since his intent is only to cause grievance to the other person, we do not uh, we do not take his intent into account. We only take the owner's intent. As uh, right, assuming that the owner is the other person, we only take his intent into account. Al Hakafet Israel Shishahat Renochri, F Al Pish and Nochri Mitkaven Holmashirse, Shahitaso Keshera, Shen Hoshishin Ella Lemashevet Azoveyah. A Jew who, or Israel, who slaughters for a non-Jewish person, even though the non-Jewish person has whatever intentions he wants, right, including Avodah Zarah intentions, this shahita is valid, since we only suspect, uh, we, we only uh, suspect the uh, thoughts of the Slaughterer, and not the thoughts of the owner of the animal. And therefore, even a and therefore a non-Jewish person who slaughters for a Jewish person, right? So the animal belongs to the Jew, but the non-Jewish person slaughters it for him. Even if the uh, even if the non-Jewish person was a child, his uh, slaughter is uh, makes it a nevela, 
uh, as will be explained in a in one of the next chapters. With that, we finish Perik Bet, chapter two.